0: There's work involved as Black women across several areas of our lives to unlearn things and to learn new things. And one of those things is around how we use stuff to fill in voids and how we think we need things to validate our experiences because we deal with microaggressions all day and y'all know how this goes. But you gotta figure out what matters more than the stuff. You gotta find other healthy outlets and saving is, is a byproduct of that work.
1: I do struggle with people who make good money and you stretch that out over 10 years and then after 10 years they have nothing to show for it. That is, that is, unf- fortunately far too easy to do in this country and so you know i i'm not one to attack or criticize anyone you know our big thing is really a matter of showing you it's like cool you don't want to do that that's fine but this is what we're gonna do
0: Hey, it's time to change your mindset time to make some income
1: ain't no need to second guess learn about financial wealth if you are ready let's begin welcome to the podcast monetize everything yeah yeah take it to the next level now it's time to get it hype this could change your whole life time to get your money right with george pitts tune in quick fast this is the monetize everything podcast let's go
2: all right everybody welcome to the official opening episode of season three of the monetize everything podcast uh, it's been a couple of months. Uh, we took the we took uh, the summer off, and you know wanted to get some things lined up. And we've got a great guest lineup for you this season. And we're going to open this season with with, in my opinion, right now is one of the hottest couples in the fire and free community movement. Right now, uh, we've got. Uh, Kirsten and Julian from Rich and Regular joining us today. That's going to share their story and share their journey and and, and give you guys some insight as to how uh, you can take steps to uh, you know progress your family and and eliminate this disease that we call debt and, and and get away from that and start to live a life like nobody else before us has ever lived. So, Kirsten, Julian, how are you guys doing today?
0: we are fantastic
2: what's up what's up awesome awesome And you guys just got back from vacation
0: yeah man <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty bear <laughs>
2: I, might not, I might need you to edit that out
1: <laughs> we uh now nah, yeah we just came back from uh spending seven days in jamaica uh, we went with family um, had a great time, ate and drank our way through the grill, and um, got a little got a little sun kissed. And uh, but we're back here, and, and actually happy to be back home. I mean, you know, it's it, it feels good all, all, in both directions.
2: Wow! Yeah, you know, after a couple of days, man. Like for me. Uh, whenever I'm uh, vacationing, man, after the, the first three days, I'm loving it. About that fourth day, man, I don't care how comfortable that bed is; it ain't more comfortable than mine after about that fourth day. So, uh, I can definitely understand that, man. Definitely yeah. Understand it. So, so tell us, man, like how, how you know what's going on with uh, with you guys now. You know, I've I've been seeing a lot of things. Uh, you guys are really done a good job of keeping us updated with your movement. Um, I know you guys had the uh, the playing with fire documentary. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah uh, so playing with fire is a uh, independent film uh, that we are uh, really grateful to be a part of. It's essentially documenting uh, the journey of Scott and Taylor who've become uh good friends of ours they're based out of oregon uh and they basically stumbled upon the movement they were inspired by it uh and they and and because scott was a filmmaker he decided to uh, tap into his skill set and to record and document and to essentially turn their experience into a film and so he went around the country and Uh, met with several of the gurus of the movement, um, and we happen to be uh, one of the people that were pulled into uh, some of those conversations just to help introduce the movement to a wider set of people out there who would have likely have never heard of it. So um, it's been fun. Uh, It's officially been released and they've been doing some screen tours. We've gone to a couple of those and would likely get up a few more. Um, and, you know, there's some more exciting stuff coming in terms of it landing on major streaming platforms and a few other things I can't share quite yet. But it's, it's really exciting stuff.
2: Awesome. awesome. Uh, one of the things that I uh, that I've really admired about this movement and before I kind of jump into that for many people, because this is still a very new thing to a lot of people. Can you kind of explain what the fire movement is for some of our listeners out there?
0: Yeah. So FIRE is an acronym that stands for financial independence, retire early. And basically what it boils down to is you saving and investing enough money to live off of dividends or returns from your portfolio size. So at that point, when you've saved enough money where you can live off of withdrawals or, or payouts um, work is no longer required. And so you have the option to retire and do nothing or have the option to retire and do something that matters to you do more meaningful work you no longer have a financial pressure that's associated with a job that you have to go to every single day
1: yeah i think the way you think about it is you know you have marathon runners and you have sprinters and so you know starting with with marathon runners that's like the typical uh, career advice. I'm going to work for 30, 40 years, and I'm going to save, you know, the standard rule of thumb, maybe 10% uh, over that stretch of time. And at the end of my career, I'll be able to retire with a comfortable nest egg. Um, that's the slow and steady marathon approach. Fire, I like to think of more as the sprinting upwards. And those are the people, uh, or uphill, I should say, are just saying, you know what, I can do that. Or, I can just save a really crazy amount on the front end, maybe only work seven to 10 years, go hard in the paint, and then it's up to me to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so to Kirsten's point, if you want to keep on working, that's up to you, but you will essentially have the option to not work and live off of uh, income. And it could be your portfolio, it could be passive income streams, it could be rental properties, it could be all of the above. Uh, But the point is, you know, Monday at nine o'clock. It's up to you what you want to do at that point, and that's essentially the goal that we're reaching for.
2: You and Christian, uh, Julian just said uh, words back to back that are is music to my ears. Options.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, many of us live life with very limited options, um, and and you know the only difference between some of us that you know, are free and are not behind like a, a prison wall or a jail cells that we can kind of come and go when we want to, but we still are, we still have to do things that we don't want to do every single day with certain hours of the day uh, or else, you know, so we have those, conf- you know, those, 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 uh, those things that we have to deal with. But what you guys said that was very important was you get options um, by, by doing this, it's just optional to get up at nine to five. It's optional. If you want to continue to go hard in the paint, like Julian said, or if you just want to put it on cruise control. Um, but the great thing is, is that now you have an option at a very early age, because one of the things about it is retire early is mm-hmm. the, the big benefit part of that. And and I just absolutely love that so much. Um, with that being said, when you guys found out about this movement, What was that conversation like and if you can kind of tell us who actually brought it up between you two to actually look more into it and start to actually take steps to towards that movement yeah (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs)
0: see
1: no (laughs) one drops the mic at this point
0: (laughs) okay well
1: we, we know we know the story um and if your listeners don't know the story you can They can listen to any other podcast that (laughs) we've ever done. The story has been told, basically, um, I found the the movement first. uh, But what I really found was an interest in wanting to take greater control over my earning potential. Um, I I grew really frustrated really early in my career with this idea that I needed to ask someone to pay me what I was worth or that I needed to convince someone to make a space for me uh, because those were things that you know, had a direct impact on my lifestyle. And even now they have a direct impact on my ability to uh, take care of my family. And so for me, it, it was really a, out of a source of frustration and a desire for a greater degree of independence. I wanted to stand on my, on my own. Um, I didn't want to be fireable. I wanted to be able to uh, own and pull the strings uh, to determine ultimately what my income potential was. And so I started out uh, with Uh, exploring real estate investing and that led into stocks and mutual fund investing. And now that led me to fire. And so uh, I introduced that concept to Kirsten uh, shortly after we started dating, I'd say maybe about a year or so in um, because we were just having a great time. We were both working. We had met working on the same team um and both making really good money and you know it was like you know we're having a great time and and, and actually i think I, I figured out a way that we can do this forever it's going to require some sacrifice um and some really interesting decisions and a whole lot of zigging while the rest of the world is zagging but you know here's what i think we could do and so i introduced her to a couple of popular blogs um, at the time and it went in one ear out the other she was like all right that's cool but then a couple of months went by and she had the audacity to send me a blog or podcast that i sent her and i was like oh now i know you definitely don't listen to me and so that was a couple of years after we uh we started dating but uh the point is it started with me i introduced it to her um it was not an easy sort of um concept to wrap her head around but uh, over time she got with it and especially after you start seeing the results of those decisions and the moment you realize that no matter how smart you are or how hard you work that your money can always work harder than you it's a mindset shift uh, and that was the big thing for her because she's very good at earning money and she works really, really hard. But even she had to buy down <laughs> to how quickly money mm-hmm. really can grow in the market uh, because it works 24 seven, it speaks all languages. And once it's out there, it's out there and it's working really, really hard for you. So uh, that's pretty much how we got started.
2: Wow, wow. Uh, that's beautiful. And so once you guys got started, um, take us through you're going through it you guys are you know obviously you know dating at this point uh take us through how the was there any mindset shift or was there any challenges when you had your first child your son
0: no it was actually an accelerator for me um as a mom especially as a black working mom there's just so much that society puts on you so to take money off the table to take this idea of this forever career that's always competing with my son's needs based off of where he is in his, you know, life. Just to not have to worry about that has been one of my biggest motivators. Young children are really hard, so he's two now. So the maternity leave for me was incredibly stressful because it felt like a countdown clock. I was <laughs> constantly counting down. Um, my company does not offer a full maternity leave. So I was using up vacation and so that, took away some of the excitement I had about going back to work. because I knew I wouldn't be able to take time off. And you mix that in with not sleeping and just healing physically and all the things that come with having a child. The idea of knowing that that doesn't last forever is one of the things that keeps me motivated. Because to Julian's point, like I had a hard time wrapping my mind around this concept of work not being mandatory. And that goes back to Black folks' complicated history in America where work was, was mandatory and not paid for us for right. so long and that's been ingrained generation and generation. So when you come out with a wild idea that's completely countercultural and says, you don't have to do that forever. Do it for a little while, do it intentionally, do it strategically, and then stop and be done and find you're enough, it, it changed me. And so having our son, you know, just added a little, little gas to that fire. And now, oh, I see what I did, that's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I caught it, I caught it. I'm <laughs> funny today. Uh, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but it, it moved up our timeline. Like before we were like, oh, we're probably 10 years out. And then it was like, ooh, five to seven. And then it was three to five. And now it's like probably one to two years out because you start to get creative. You start to figure out, you know where you can stretch where you can earn more where you can spend less and that's the fun part of the journey
2: man man so so Julian, with you i gotta ask you with with this first being something that you introduced okay uh according to the story i got okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it like now to see your wife so so you know, dug deep into this now. When when you first initially introduced it, you felt it kind of went in one ear and out the other. That's a great question, um, because whenever
1: she's in her element, like she was a couple minutes ago, you know, I, I have probably the same feeling that you had, which is like, wow, that's a that's a big jump to be like, I don't know about this, to be able to speak so passionately about it. So I actually don't know. I don't know that I have the words to describe it, but I will say. You know as as a husband and a partner it makes me incredibly proud to see um the uh, her ability to wrap her head around the concept to overcome um uh her doubts let's just be honest there's so many examples of you know doing it this other way right and that being the model of how to be Successful, and, that, and that's the image that is portrayed to you and reinforced through media, friends, family, etc. And so, um, to know that our bond was strong enough for her to at least give it a shot, uh, and, and to then see her not only adopt it, but to become a leader in championing the message to draw uh, and pull more people within our community in, is and has been incredible to watch.
2: Man, that's that. That's I. I just think I. I just think that is just so awesome how you guys, how it it, it wasn't a collective thing at first as far as the idea, but it's become such a collective movement and a brand uh, between you two that's growing like wildfire. You
0: get that. Thank button. you. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did
2: there. Well, you're good. <laughs> so, so I want to explain something. To, I, I want to get a, you know, an answer out of Julian real quick. So this is what I read uh, on your Instagram that really drew me to you guys like heavily because my son's the same age as yours. He just turned two last month. And this is our first child. And, you know, he means the world to me. So when I see other black fathers you know so proud and so happy as I am it draws me to that it draws me to them and there was something that you said and I want to repeat this quote back to you and I kind of want to ask you what was your thought process with this I used to be a chef but stopped cooking years ago when my son was born and I started making his baby food I fell in love with food all over again can you talk about that because I mean I read that and I was like whoa he found his passion again through his son you know doing something for his son what was that you know can you kind of take me through how you know doing that like really what kind of got you away from from stop cooking years ago to where you got passionate about it again uh
1: yeah and thank you for, for for relating to to that sentiment um i i actually i used to be a professional chef that was the first job i ever uh the first professional job I ever had. And that was really uh, the training ground for the work ethic that I have today. And so uh, literally two weeks after high school graduation while everybody else was out having the summer of their lives, um, I started culinary school and I was cooking um, and I finished that program early and I jumped into professional kitchens and luxury restaurants and hotels in the Atlanta area and I cooked professionally for about seven years. Um, I stopped cooking because I could see that the lifestyle was not something that I wanted and um, so, so that was one. And secondly, I started at that point in my life to start having um, visions about earning potential and I was like, you know what, just just while I'm good at it and I'm really good at it and I'm progressing, I can see the ceiling and I would look at my boss's boss, I'd look at this chest and I'd be like, do I really want to be that guy? um and 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 more often than not the answer was no and so i stopped cooking professionally but i stayed in uh the industry and i've always been connected to the industry and so fast forward almost 20 years later um me having my son and obviously i still cook and cook at home um, but it wasn't until uh, we had our son and i started tasting some of the store-bought baby food and realizing like how you know unhealthy it was and how incredibly expensive it was that I tapped back into that skill set and started making his baby food and actually really enjoying making it. I was—I remember sitting in the kitchen and having like eight, 10 different purees and figuring out ratios and that sort of thing. And there was no greater feedback than like just hearing him say, mm, you know, <laughs> he does it all, like, mm, and he would get so excited. And, and, and before I knew it, I created this whole system to create his own baby food and to make sure that we were utilizing the ingredients that we had at home um, and the, the food that we were already eating, basically converting some of those things into really delicious baby food. Uh, and so yeah, that's, that was the sentiment ar- around that um, because he, he really did make me um, enjoy like the creative process of cooking again. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and Kirsten, I got to ask you, as, as a black woman and as you um, hear so many people, I see memes all the time and some of them make me a little angry where it's like, you know, how, how can you go half on a baby? And the woman ends up taking full, you know, full responsibility and, and the dad goes away and, and so many other things. How does it feel to see your husband and his relationship with you all, son, and, and, and just knowing that, that that you've got this man that's leading financially, as a husband, as the as the leader of the home, how does that how does that just warm your heart and make you
0: feel? It feels great. It also feels natural and, and expected and that's that's the part of the work that I've had to do emotionally to not make that feel like that's some some rare gem. There are lots of men like Julian and like yourself who are active fathers and in their lives and and this is part of this is part of what happens when you start the journey of financial independence is you start to uncover all of the conditioning that is in society not just around consumerism but around family and how quickly people are willing to trade off their families for that better job so that they can buy their family a bigger house or a better car you know all the things and the cyclical and so when i see julian caring and nurturing for our child it, it feels very natural and gratifying and, and awesome.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's something about just being the, the protector for your, for your wife and for your kids. I, I, you know, I'm sure, I'm Julie, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. It's just something about that when you go out and do the things that you do every day, specifically to better your, your generation and, and your family from here on out. Um, and I ask those questions because I want to ask, does having that type of relationship and just having those, uh, those, those type of things in place, has that made the, the process easier to go through this or has there been some hardship when you guys have gone through this process of like, man, I kind of want that car, man, you know what, maybe we could push this out another five years and enjoy some things now instead of waiting. Like, how has that been throughout this journey? It's a daily
1: grind, um, and and I'm really glad you asked that question because I think it's easy for, for anyone who might come across our website and to say, "Wow, that couple's got it all together," and you know, must be nice. And you know, we still we still make those trade-offs. We still we just came back from a vacation and we made trade-offs. We, you know, I come home and I you know I don't always want to drive the old car. You know, sometimes I want a nicer car. Um, sometimes I want to go shopping, you know, like sometimes I just don't feel like cooking, you know, um, we go through those things too. We're not immune to temptation. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I think over time build up a, a tougher skin and, and willpower. And, and you, even when those old tactics fade away, you just realize that you got to create new Right, so what you say you in another direction three years ago doesn't work today. Now the solution might be to give in a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you can't just lock yourself. Just like your budget changes over time, and so do your preference, important to you, and your values and priorities. So we are grateful that we developed um, the skill set to adjust. And have given each other the flexibility to adjust. If she decides that you know something is more important today because she's now the mother of a two-year-old and she didn't have insight, you know, when he was six months, what do would say? Nah, but the budget, you know, suggests it's, it's X dollars. No, you know, I'm going to do uh, what I think is right for for or well, she's going to do what she thinks is right for her, and I'm not going to um, knock her for that decision. And same thing vice versa.
0: But I think the bit of the fire framework if we can call it that is that when we have that conversation about someone wanting to adjust something in our budget or add a, you know an additional bill to our to our monthly line items we can now equate it to what it costs us in the long run so right. there's a great book by Vicki Robbins called your money or your life where she introduces this concept of time being um, finite. And anytime you make a purchasing decision, you're adding working years or days to your life. And so now if it's something like a $20 item or a $100 item, it's like, okay, so that's eight more hours of work, whatever. (laughs) But I'm making that those numbers up. But if we're talking about something as big as a car, now you're asking yourself like, is that worth five more years of your hour commute? And the answer is, Hell no. <laughs> 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 what we can do is rent one <laughs> or you know, we can scratch that itch another way. But FIRE has given us a way to have a more productive conversation instead of just falling back to, you know, happy wife, happy life, or whatever the the sayings are that keep people kind of unaware about how they're spending their money and what that means in terms of how long you gotta to work to pay it off. Right,
2: right. So one of the one of the questions I want to ask, and I'm sure all of our listeners would be interested in this. um, I know you talked about how you um, have gotten into you guys. Well, you first got into the stocks and the mutual funds. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, for, for our listeners that are out there that are just starting out? What are some pointers or some guidance that you would give them if they're wanting to start to drift into that direction, specifically in mutual funds?
1: index funds,
2: or excuse uh, me, index funds. Yeah,
1: index funds, period. Um, If you are not interested in being a super financial whiz kid nerd, analyzing stocks and reading annual reports and all of those things, which I assume most people aren't, uh, we don't even read all of those things. um, An index fund is for you, right? It is a simple and effective uh, and inexpensive investing strategy uh, that I think the vast majority of Americans should be taking. Um, and, and briefly, if you're not familiar with what an index fund is, you know, it is a type of mutual fund. So a mutual fund is essentially a collection of stocks and maybe even bonds that are sort of rolled into one fund that people can invest in with the idea being that you're investing in a wide set of areas, um, and stocks. And so it gives you. Uh, diversification which over time is a good thing um, but they can also be not all but they also can be very very expensive and they do need to be managed and so they have people who look at it and say alright well this should be 10% this, 5% that, 20% this and you know there are people that analyze the growth and and declines of all of these different markets and, and, and that's work and that comes at a cost. An index fund says no nah, I do doing none of that. Um, I'm just going to buy all of it, right? And over time, uh, it's all going to go up, right? So you're basically uh, guaranteeing that you are going to ride the average wave over time. And So after uh, inflation, on average, you can expect uh, the stock market uh, or the typical S&P 500 index to go up at around 7%. And so that's basically what you're buying when you're buying an index fund. It, it is naturally diversified, It's naturally uh, assuming you're talking about U.S. stocks, uh, globalized, if you will, um, and it's really, really inexpensive. And the power of that strategy is one that uh, has generated uh, and has made many men and women over billionaires, billionaires, billionaires over time. Billionaires. Billionaires over yeah. right but i do think that you know going back to something that kirsten mentioned before that we have this tendency to think about investing as it has to be so complicated and man i want to do those things but i don't want to commit to watching cnbc every night and <laughs> you don't have to do any of that you just need to invest in low-cost index funds and yes there are going to be some times where it goes down with you know the stock market is cyclical Uh, But over time, if you continue to do that, uh, you will get, you will reap those returns and then some. It will rebound because it has historically. Um, And so long as you believe in math and you believe in the value and the power of the global economy and the United States of America that's a pretty safe investment. So uh, in terms of investing, um, that is at the heart of what we do uh, or at the heart of our strategy. Now going forward, we'll definitely be interested in more complex- Riskier. Riskier (laughs) uh, investments because we can afford to absorb that risk. Uh, But the strategy that got us there um, and the one that we will continue to always have on deck is index fund investing.
2: Got it, got it. I, I like it, and 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 that's something that uh, I'm gonna have to start shifting towards because I'm the one that's been, you know, looking at the ten Q's and the 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 joining on the 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 calls and things like that because I'm really big into. Uh, the individual stock market, you know, because I just like I, I pay attention to a lot of patterns and stuff to different sectors. but this definitely sounds a lot more relaxed than what I've been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, so it's definitely something that I'm gonna consider myself. It's the lazy man strategy and and it, and, it, and it works it works for us. Um, you know,
1: again, nothing is guaranteed, right? you, you no, know no, nothing is guaranteed no. uh, and and so you can't control everything, but what you can control, is the cost to invest and so that's one of the things that we're really interested in and so rather than uh giving you know a significant chunk of our portfolio's growth uh and returns over to a brokerage firm we wanted to keep that and allow that to compound over time and as i said it's worked out uh pretty well
0: yeah i was very similar to you um, and that I had to learn how to be a passive investor because I am someone who is very much attracted to what's hot and my background's in business development. So I love watching Jim Cramer scream about stuff on <laughs> CNBC and watching financial analysts react to the latest IPO. Yeah. <laughs> That's but- good. <laughs> yeah, this has actually been, and I, th- I wrote about this on our blog, this has actually been good for me because now when I watch the news and they say the S&P is down 200 points, I know exactly what that means because I own the S&P and yeah. it's not like I own a couple of stocks out of there. And when there is a stock that might be down 800 points because their CEO said something stupid in email, <laughs> I know that that's <laughs> offset by the other you know, 400 stocks that I own in that index fund who are doing great who are inclusive, who aren't making dumb comments. And so it kind of balances out, you know, the volatility of the times that we're in where leaders are expected to do things. And when they don't, it has a direct impact on the company's bottom line.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad I'm not the only one that that says that. You know, like, why would you say that? That was so stupid. Like, why would you send that email out? Why would you send that to a distribution list? Like, cheddar is a staple in my house the channel cheddar and uh so when i see stuff like that it just and i'll go look at my portfolio I'm like, oh, man. You know? <laughs> come on rich or come on whoever you know like you know better than that but hey you know i'm glad i'm not you
0: would think man you would think yeah. you would know better by now how are you still problematic you yeah. all
2: <laughs> get them out of there
0: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing eat better on a budget I saw that cover and I literally shouted (laughs) (laughs) y'all and you gotta go look at my comment all I I even went on Periscope which is a, a streaming app that I go live on and I talked about it to my audience and uh I was just like they get it because you know it's it's a part of you know, what you guys promote and do. And I just thought it was so good. Can you talk to us about that? Cause I'm hyped right now. Just talking. <laughs> I gotta
1: send you a check, man. <laughs> uh, no, I, thank you for that, man. Uh, so we wrote eat Bread on the budget. We've been working on that for about the last eight months. Um, i should say hard working on it it has been swirling around in our heads for a lot longer than that and going back to what i said it was really tapping into our skill set right and so i used to be a professional chef i've been cooking in some form over 20 years um and so now that we're in the personal finance space you know we're talking to people and trying to help them you know save money and you know a lot of people will say i mean these are some of the big things that you can do when they say cook at home but that's pretty much where the advice stops like nobody tells you all right well here's what to do or here's how to cook or you know they just say buy these recipes but a recipe can only take you so far if you don't know how to cook or if you don't have the right equipment uh and so we wanted to help uh, provide a one-stop solution for that and say hey if you're starting out you're looking to save money and you want to cook more at home not even just for budget reasons but just for health reasons here's something that you might be interested in um the other thing was because when we talk about debt freedom and we talk about the fire movement, and then you talk about food, most people's minds go immediately to, all right, I gotta eat ramen noodles, bologna <laughs> sandwiches I'm in, gonna... order, to, in <laughs> order to get out of debt, right? Yeah. And that's discouraging, and it's also unhealthy. And so we wanted to help people, we wanted to help debunk the myth that you actually can eat better uh, or eat well on a budget that a budget doesn't necessarily have to restrict your ability to still eat well. And in fact, it can actually be the fuel to help keep you motivated on your debt freedom journey, because it's very demotivating to eat, you know, really gross food after a really tough week, because it's like, what am I doing this you know, um, but food is a big part of our lives. And so we know that when you eat something well, that's a great uh, that's a great feeling, especially if you made it. It's a really, really great feeling. And on top of that, if you have a kid and you figure out a way to make their food too, it's an incredibly gratifying thing. And so we wanted to help people stitch together all of those uh, different things. So we show them how to grocery shop like a pro, how to master the core cooking skills, um, how to organize their kitchen in a way that allows them to avoid frustration and minimize time. Um, And it's an ebook. It's the ebook deliberately because we know that people like cookbooks, they look at the picture, then they sit it down somewhere and they never look at it again. But at least with an ebook, You know, if you're stuck in traffic, even though you shouldn't be texting, reading, driving, you know, you have it right there on your phone or you can pull it up and read it on iBooks on your Amazon Kindle. Or if you're stopping at the grocery store and you need to figure out how to pick the perfect watermelon and you remember that that was a section in the book, you can look that information up really, really quickly. You can't do that with a big old cookbook. Uh, And so that's why we wrote it And, and it's been great. And we're gonna be doing a lot more promoting and some really creative things over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I appreciate you shouting it out and getting the idea behind Eat Better on a Budget. That's
2: much appreciated. Absolutely, man. Like I said, when I saw it, my moniker that my brand is is monetize everything. When I saw it, I'm like, that's what I've been trying to tell people. Like, you know, and it just had me shouting. I was so excited. Matter of fact, I just bought my copy while we were on here just now. Um, so I can't wait to dive into that. I, I'm a, I love to cook myself. Um, So I'm I'm really really looking forward to uh, to to reading this man. So I'm I'm really really excited, really excited. And I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. The book cover is dope.
0: I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I love it.
2: All it make all I see in here is just just I see the wine is flowing. It, it looks like it smells good up in there. I see all these vegetables, <laughs> and you know I see the I see the the the, the salt, and and I. I i'm just envisioning it so it already gets you like where your mouth is watering like i gotta go get this book and find out what he's making with all that stuff right there mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so good job on that man and just and just good job on everything man uh i i really really love what you two are doing i'm um, so glad that i came across you two because you know as you said before it's a daily grind you know we me, me and my wife are, are being very very aggressive Uh, with how we're preparing to, uh, to retire in the next, uh, in the next four to six years. And um, one of the things that, uh, that encourages us daily is seeing individuals like yourself doing it because, you know, when you're doing it, sometimes when, even though you're doing it together, you still feel alone sometimes until you can tap into a community like we all have. Um, and see other people doing it it keeps you on track even though there's still some individual things that kind of separate you from the group that comes up it's still uh it's still good to see it so i just can't tell you guys enough how much i appreciate you too um and, and what it is that you're doing
1: no thank you man I, I really appreciate that and and it's like it's like you're using my my words and my language it's <laughs> like you're on my head right now you're like, <laughs> um, you like
0: know,
1: that I 1,000% understand where um, you're know, coming from and, and what you're suggesting in terms of like how lonely this process can be and how important that community is, even if it's online, you know, like it's really, really important to have people um, that, that, that can relate to your experience um, that are you know, blazing the same trails as you are. And so, you know, we've always said, our goal is really just to leave a trail of breadcrumbs so that somebody else can come behind us uh, and and take the baton, take it even further. Um, So yeah, uh, thank you for that, man. And thanks for your support of the book. I also mentioned, if anybody's interested, we wrote a blog post and offered a uh, a free sample. And so if somebody wants to take a look at the book and get a general idea of what's in it, they can do that as well um, on the website
0: like Costco, but better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, tell the listeners where they can find you and all the different places that they can connect with you.
0: Yeah. So we are um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Rich and Regular. Uh, We also are at richandregular.com. That's where our blog is. And you can subscribe um, there if you want to read our posts. We post once a week. Um, And we also have a Pinterest page. So... We're, we're all over the
2: internet. That's what I'm talking about, man. You got to be in all the places that the people are at because not everybody's in one place. They're all over. So I love it.
0: Yes.
2: I love it. One last question, I promise, and then we're out today for both of you. Kirsten, I'll start with you first. For the wife that's out there that um, is having a problem or struggling with getting on board with saving and cutting out on that, that new purse or those, 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 those new shoes or or just whatever it is that is exciting a person financially to go out and do something that's going to keep them back from getting debt free, what would you tell them?
0: I'm going to quote my white fairy godmother, Vicki Robin, <laughs> again, and say, <laughs> um, you got to figure out what's more important than stuff. And she says this in the Playing With Fire documentary, and she probably says it a little differently. But that's the work, right? There's work involved as Black women across several areas of our lives to unlearn things and to learn new things. And one of those things is around how we use stuff to fill in voids and how we think we need things to validate our experiences because we deal with microaggressions all day. And y'all know how this this goes but you got to figure out what matters more than the stuff you got to find other healthy outlets and um saving is is a byproduct of that work
2: wow perfect i love it i love it and and julian what would you say uh to the husband or the man that's out there that you know wants those new shoes wants those new jordans or wants to go to that concert, or wants to take that weekend with his boys to Vegas. What would you tell him to help him progressively choose better options for how him and his family's finances go as the leader of his household? Um, I actually don't have any problem with
1: the brother um, going to Vegas, Miami, you know, buying the Jordans, so long as they can afford it and so long as they understand the trade-off that they're making. Um, you know, my, my big thing is you can, you can have those things. Um, but I I do have, or I wouldn't say problem, with, but I do struggle with people who make good money and you stretch that out over 10 years. And then after 10 years, they have nothing to show for it. Um, that is, that is unfortunately far too easy to do, uh, in this country. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not one to attack or, or, Uh, criticize anyone you know our big thing is really a matter of showing you it's like cool you don't want to do that that's fine but this is what we're going to do Mm -hmm. and we know that 10 years from now (laughs) we're going to be I can't even tell you at this point because things are changing in our lives on a monthly basis and so I genuinely can't even imagine um if this trajectory continues to grow, where well, it would we'll be 10 years from now. But I've learned to not tell and to do more showing. Um, and especially talking to men, um, that is that has been way more effective. And that's why we don't, we don't
0: consider ourselves or desire to be financial educators, because we don't really find
1: that to be um, the most effective tactic. I think men especially just need to be shown the alternative Um, and especially if their partner, uh, is moving in the other direction, they will definitely follow. Uh, and so that's, that's the strategy that we're taking.
2: Awesome. And you know what? I can appreciate that because, you know, I think it's very important for people to know that, you know, going through a journey like this is not a prison sentence. You know, it's not something that's supposed to put you to get you locked in a box and not come out until the financial apocalypse has passed, so to speak. Uh, So I really love you guys' mindset when it comes to those things. Uh, Listen, guys, I just want to thank you again for joining us today. Um, This was very beneficial. I know you guys have been on a tear uh, right now with all the interviews and things like that. I know you've probably said a lot of the things in here a hundred times, but I appreciate you guys for considering doing it 101 more times today. Uh, So I cannot thank you guys enough uh, for joining us today. And I really appreciate you guys.
1: Well, that's just great, man. And I appreciate you. You got a great thing going, a uh, great brand, great podcast. And so I look forward to, like I said, 10 years from now, man, let's just, you know, it won't be that long. We'll probably meet each other in person. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, man, just, just keep on doing your thing, brother.
2: I'm going to do it, man. And like I said, this is, uh, it's, it's you two, man. That's this keeping, uh, uh, people like myself and my wife and, and many others like me uh, motivated because, you know, it's it's one thing to do it, but it's another thing to see it. And I tell yeah. you what, man, when you put those two things together, um, it makes it very difficult for you to waver off. Very yeah. difficult. So I appreciate it so listeners thank you guys so much for joining us today on the first episode of season three i hope you all enjoyed this remember you can connect with uh kirsten and julian at rich and regular on facebook pinterest twitter and instagram and make sure that you guys check out richandregular.com and connect with them uh, like and subscribe read those articles, and get that book. I got mine while we were live on here. You better get yours. So remember, guys, as everyone that's listening, as I always say, if you're committed to taking care of your money, your money will be committed to taking care of you. Until next time, guys, y'all make sure y'all go out and monetize everything.
1: Thanks for listening to the Monetize Everything podcast with George Pitts. Visit us at georgepittsco.com for show notes and more resources on how
0: to build wealth, improve your finances, and multiple streams of income all online.